this is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. All right, you're on with Terry Beatley on What If We've Been Wrong, shining light in dark places. And today we have a special show because I have two more powerhouse women joining me uh, on today's show. Uh, Today we're talking about uh, women are not monolithic. Women are not just about women's reproductive rights, which the Democrat Party, quite frankly, would want us to think that we are just about our, our, our body organs and things like that, and we base our decisions all about that. And that's not so. Women are as complex as men, and we believe that these national conversations should reflect that. And so women are not monolithic. That is our message. And today I have with me Ava Armstrong. She's a she's an author. You will find many of her books out on Amazon. And she's also a producer for America Out Loud talk radio show. And my other guest is Mallory Millett. Uh, Mallory, she is indeed a writer and a speaker. She speaks all over the country. She's also a director with the David Horowitz Freedom Center, and she's on the Board of Regents for the Center for Security Policy. Welcome, Ava and Mallory. Thanks for being on. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk about how and why women are not monolithic. We know what the Democrat Party tries to do, and we know what the what the Marxists, what the communists do. They 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 get little victories, which end up adding up to be huge victories when they can divide and conquer, divide and conquer, pit women against men, men against women, rich against poor, poor against rich black against white, and the list goes on and on and on. We know this is one of the the Saul Alinsky tactics, and it's worked exceptionally well. And so, but we know as women, and women who come from business backgrounds, we are so um, not monolithic. And Ava, I'd like to kick off with you. Um, just shed some light on this before we dig deep into some of the the different issues that we're going to talk about. What's been, let's just say, your experience out in the marketplace, and and how could you bring some evidence to the fact that women are not monolithic? I find that I have many different female friends, and some of them are school teachers, or they have a traditional quote unquote female type job, and then there are some who are loggers. <laughs> There are some females that are involved in truck driving that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, to say to say the female vote, and I love this, you know, the suburban women vote, we're kind of like all thrown into a group. And I think that's really unfair. Another little quick hit I want to give you here, too. It's a misnomer that females did not vote for Trump. He won 41% of the female vote in 2016. Forty-one percent is pretty impressive. It's very and impressive. He's very—he's even more popular. He's even more popular with with white women. 
he got 52% of white female voters. So I just want to start from that point. Um, he didn't do too badly in that first election. And now, you know, with with what he's accomplished now, and we'll go into that um, further with you, you know, he's going to be very appealing to all women voters, I think. Ava, I totally agree with what you said. And I think as if if women can be a little bit more open minded about President Trump uh, before the 2020 election and they 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 just cut the TV off and they begin doing the research such as the other day in preparation uh, for talking with you and Mallory today. I, I, I looked up an article and it said, I think it was the top 285 successes that President Trump had. And these are not successes that only affect men. These are successes that will help everybody. And it helps with our, our own security. And so what I like to say is what men want, women want too. We want security. We want protection for our country. We want to be able, our children to grow up safe and healthy. And, um, and, and not the long arm. Find me a person who wants a bigger and bigger, big government arm. I mean, you have to be an idiot to want something like that, like more government. And I know they're out there. I'm not saying that they're not out there, but the vast majority of people want economic stability, um, safety, protection, and, um, and they don't want this invasion coming into our country with the leaky borders. Now, Mallory, you come from um, a, a very, very unique perspective because you were there at the, un, the uh, founding, if you will, of radical feminism. And I know feminism started years and years earlier. And then when Margaret Sanger got into the picture, she was definitely a radical. But I'm talking about the radical feminists of the late 1960s. Where do you think a lot of this comes from, Mallory, this whole divide and conquer mentality that seems to be so, at times, successful with women, even though Ava has just given us some really substantial support that, wait a minute, it's not how the media's making it out to be, because Trump had 52% of the white women vote, 41% of the total women vote. What do you say, Mallory? The people who started the the second wave of feminism uh, in the late 60s uh, were most most of them were a specific type of women and that was man haters these women really had a very wild negative thing about men and they really wanted to wrest all the power they possibly could away from the men they they didn't want to just have their traditional roles of running society which you know in my opinion uh, men need to run the world, and women need to run society. And the minute that women uh, decided that they were exactly the same, identical to men, and they started lusting after male jobs and law degrees and briefcases and all of that, and they stopped running their uh, communities, which women did beautifully, That's everything went to hell. We have now this rotten society with just uh, people from from stem to stern, everything has fallen apart. Everybody's obese. There are riots in the streets and airplanes. We've got mass murders in the schools. We've got uh, tremendous slovenliness. People are incredibly rude in public now. This is all because women stopped grooming their families within the home according to the Ten Commandments and letting those things flow out into the bureaus and departments and offices all over the country. Women really, this is their way of running the world, and they don't understand that, that it's powerful, it's important, and when they give it up, 
the whole society just crumbles. Uh, But, you know, the thing of it is, as we were talking a little bit earlier, the three of us, before we went on air, this idea that women are monoliths is just absolutely incorrect. We need to continue looking at American citizens as sovereign individuals. We are all sovereign individuals. We're not black, we're not white, we're not gay, we're not straight, men or women. We're just sovereign individuals, and we need to be treated that way. They have to stop this categorization business, which is what the Marxists love to do. Right. As you well, said, and, Terry, they right. divide and then and, they conquer. You know? And we will get into more of that in, in just a few minutes about the whole divide and conquer. Now, now you know, for me, I bought, a, 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 let me see, uh, I, I'm 56. So when I was in my 20s, I spent my 20s and the early 30s doing what f- the, the feminists wanted me to do, which was to postpone motherhood and have that big career. And that's what I did only to awaken in my early 30s and realize, wait a minute, I want a family. And quite frankly, as I look back, I wish I had not wasted my 20s in building this big career, which I quite frankly, actually ended up um, stopping. But Ava, you, when you opened, you were talking about how you have women friends and from all different types of um, you know careers and plus stay-at-home moms. Um, but can you give us your perspective even on what Mallory just said? Because according to Mallory, women need to ideally stay home and run society. But you just said, Ava, that you have women who friends who are loggers and all this. What, what do you say about this? Yes, I think it's very important. Uh, Let me sort of agree with Mallory about that. Um, The child bonds with the mother the moment the child is born. Um, And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to experience. And I think that little baby, when you take that baby home, it needs mommy for at least a good six months to a year. That first year is so important. And then, you know, women need to have that advantage to be able to take that break away from whatever their work may be outside of the home. And also, I think men have really, I want to say something very complimentary to men here. They've really stepped up as fathers since women have entered the workforce in great numbers. Um, I think that kind of dynamic where um, you have a husband and a wife working together to raise their children um, not leave them with, with a babysitter or a preschool or, you know, or just with somebody else. So that child is absorbing what the mom and dad wants them to know. They will absorb your values. And it's so very important. That first five years of life is incredibly important for that. So, yes, I do think that women are the caretakers. Yes. Well, and I can relate to that because when, uh, actually 32 is when I had my first child and then 35, the second child. And I just remember getting to a point where it was so clear to me, I needed to stay home with these kids. Now they were blessed by being able to stay with grandparents and all that. Um, but but I, Mallory, hats off to you because I, I'm not saying women should not go into the work world. I'm not saying that, but I will say this. My opinion is, motherhood has been so bashed and underrated and um, stained with radical feminism. In my opinion, it's been the best blessing of my lifetime to be a mother and to have been afforded the opportunity to stay home with them uh, because I gave up that big career to stay home. So let's transition over to um, one of the big topics at hand, and it's the President of the United States. 
and why we as women want other women to reconsider supporting President Donald Trump for 2020 and because the the list of his accomplishments is so long and if we I think if we can just keep the the TV cut off because the the TV the the media is corporately run corporately owned and they they all have a plan to try to destroy the president as is you know as we're seeing with the whole Russian thing and the Ukrainian deal and all that and all of it is proving to, to be just a pack of lies that they, they have no evidence whatsoever Mallory when when you think of President Trump what comes to your mind when you think I you know if you could fill in the blank I wish every American woman voter would would just know this about the president or something like that. Fill in the blank. You wish every woman in America would know what about Donald Trump? Well, first of all, uh, the man is one of the most highly disciplined people I've ever, ever witnessed in my entire life. He's never drunk a drop of alcohol. He doesn't waste his time in any of those kinds of things. And he has raised five of the most laudatory children these five children he who in the world nowadays raises five children with several divorces and has no one with a drinking problem no one with a drug problem no one you know all of his children are shining examples of what a great father this man is and that's why everybody in the country should be perfectly willing to sort of put themselves in the hand of this uh, chief executive who is a wonderful father. Another thing I would like to point out is that most people, because they didn't learn civics, most people just simply don't understand that the President of the United States is in completely, completely in charge of foreign affairs. He can say anything he wishes to any head of state he wishes. He is 100% the chief executive, and he decides all things concerned with foreign relations. These people that think that they can censor what he says to this head of state and what he said, they're completely wrong. They don't know anything about our three branches of government, and they don't get that in terms of those things, he has a perfect right. They, they say, well, there were certain things that were questionable in this phone call. No, no. No, there is no such thing as that when he talks to another head of state. Mm -hmm. And no one in the country has a right to butt into what he says to another head of state. That's his one peculiar power. Right. He makes all decisions about foreign relations. I so agree with Mallory. I think the man himself, um, what he's lived as a life, you know, having had a couple of marriages and having had children by a couple of women, three women to be exact, um, I think it's amazing. He actually lived with his first wife um, in the same building when he raised the first three children. They, they co-parented the children. I think Donald Trump understands women very deeply. Um, I think he understands raising children very deeply. And I think that's the kind of president we really want. It's someone who understands women, understands what's important to them, and he actually delivers it. Uh, women's wages have increased tremendously since Trump's been in office. And the female unemployment rate right now is half of what it was under Obama. So, I mean, this is, this is it's, it's really shattering all the narratives that the left puts out there about Trump. They make him out to be some kind of a, you know, uh, some kind of a goofball or, or an oaf. 
and he's actually very, very caring. Well, and that's and he's funny. And, and every yeah. time he makes a joke, they turn it into something oafish. When actually, like this new thing with the head put on the on the strong arm body, that he put that out himself as a joke. He's he's mocking himself because he's actually being described by his doctor recently as obese. He weighs two hundred and forty three pounds, and he knows perfectly well he has to lose a lot of weight. So he's laughing at himself and mocking <laughs> himself. But the left picks up on that, and they think that he's being an an, an idiot. You know, no, he the man has a great sense of humor. <laughs> well, look, um, we're going to be coming so, right so back ridiculous. into part two, and and we're going to be flushing a lot of this stuff out. We're going to look at some of the lies. We're going to take a peek at the impeachment process, and uh, but then we're also going to dig deeper into some of his successes, the things that we want women to know. All right, so we will be right back. Stay tuned. It's your news and entertainment network. News blogs, informative podcasts, entertaining videos, or listen to 24-7 Talk Radio on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We the people... AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. All right, ladies, what I want to do is talk about some of President Trump's victories, some of his accomplishments that the mainstream media does not talk about. Um, and any of these that I begin to list, I just want to hear, do, do, do you have any data or you want to share your insight on any of this? Um, so this list of 285 that I printed out, you know, of course, the first thing is economic growth. You know, everybody wants a thriving economy. Are we in agreement with that, right? Definitely. Yeah, and it's not just yeah. a man thing. It's like, come on, people, this is for everybody, economic growth. And then jobs, and Ava, you've already pointed that out, that the, you know, women's, uh, the, you've already said all that stuff. But how about things like, um, just looking at American optimism, why is it so fundamentally important for business owners to be optimistic? Mallory, I want to start with you because you and your husband have been self-employed for years. Why is it important that you feel like you're optimistic and not fearful of what the president's going to do? Like I know a lot of business owners felt under President Obama. Can you walk that dog for us? Well, the most important thing is that you uh, feel free to hire people. So right away you're creating jobs. 
and that's so important. I mean, if nobody's working in the country, then then the country is a bust. I mean, the country's a failure. So, and also, you're willing to invest uh, incoming uh, uh, funds, the capital that comes in, you're willing to invest it back into your company more readily, or to buy equipment, or to spread out, to uh, to expand. You know, there's just no end to uh, to uh, what can happen if uh, you're feeling optimistic. I mean, everybody knows this as an individual. The minute you're feeling optimistic, you get up in the morning and you feel all things are possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're under a, an oppression like uh, like uh, when Obama was president and everybody was fearful every single minute, it, it just doesn't do any good for anybody. Well, another thing is, you know, right then I was thinking, what would make a business owner feel fearful? And one thing would be taxes. So, so I, and I know you both remember this. Um, uh, may, obviously, we're at, we were at different ages when it happened. But Ava, do you remember the luxury tax under Jimmy Carter and what happened? Do you remember that? I've read about that. Oh, I've oh, read about that. And, oh, and I know that um, this is one of the magic bullets that Trump has had here. He has redone the tax scheme or schematic so that small business owners have a 20% small business deduction. That's huge for anybody that wants to start up a small business. And really, our country is really run by small businesses. That's the biggest employer that we have, I mean, other than like Walmart or something. But it's mostly a, a lot of different small businesses owned by both men and women. But women are are so important in this field of small business because they are in charge and they can, you know, take care of things at home as they need and and work their schedule out. So they're kind of empowered by all of this small business growth. And I think that's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing is huge. Oh, yeah. And do you want to add any more to that, Mallory? Because I want women, American women, to understand. We're talking about basic 101 economics here, that if a business owner is fearful, that all of a sudden, uh, this is what happened in the boating industry, and I wish I'd pulled the data, but the the data is staggering. I live on the Chesapeake Bay, but during the Jimmy Carter era, there were, there were, I think it was hundreds of boat manufacturers in America. There were a lot. And again, I probably shouldn't quote any numbers, but there were a lot of them. But when Jimmy Carter allowed that luxury tax to happen, which meant that if you're going to go out there and buy a new boat, you know, you have enough funds to go buy yourself some luxury boat. Well, they're going to smack a great big fat tax on you. They're going to penalize you, you, you wealthier person who's going to go out and buy a brand new boat. Well, the wealthy people who had the money, they're like, well, you know, screw that. They just won't go buy a new boat. And, um, uh, but so, so they just didn't spend their money in hopes, I suppose, that this tax would one day go away. But the net effect of that, this is what I wish women would understand. When you hear Republicans talk about smaller taxes, lower taxes, the net effect of that is the vast majority of boat manufacturers close their doors. So, so th- th- this is some of the basic 101 stuff that I just, I really want women voters to, to better understand. Uh, do any of you have any information like on deregulation? Wasn't that one of the first things Trump did? Well, well, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, you brought up um, 
the luxury tax and all of those kinds of things. I'll tell you, Thomas and I, my husband and I, had a wonderful business going, a really fantastic business going, and uh, Bill Clinton just destroyed it. Absolutely. Our, our government destroyed our business, and that can happen, you know, if you don't if you're not looking after the the um, interests of your own American citizens, what I love about Trump is he puts America first. He's not going to do things for foreign companies and, and foreign groups to the detriment of Americans. The, one of the things I, I really love about Trump is that he gets China, because I used to live in China, and it, I came back knowing China. And nobody else in America knew China at all. And I knew they were eating our lunch, and I knew they were lying and stealing all over the place. And uh, people would just call me a racist when I would talk about that. But, but, but Donald Trump has dealt with them, and he knows how to deal with China. So he isn't letting all of our jobs go overseas. He's not, you know, these things that these presidents do are so destructive. It, it's, it, you just can't even comprehend why these people would do this. Well, and, and it's happening all over, but Trump, I mean, he just like you said, he knows what they're doing, and he's got the backbone to stand up against them. You know, that's what I love. Pe yes. the, the other presidents before, they all knew what was happening, but he just has the backbone to get the job done. <laughs> so now let's talk yeah, about the, right, the border. Right. You know, when I think, uh, you know, as a woman with children, and granted, my children are gone, but grown, but it doesn't matter. I have two young women out there. I want them to feel safe. And this whole thing about a leaky uh, border, that southern border, it's probably leaking just as much up there on the northern border. And then the Democrats want these sanctuary cities where flipping criminals can hide at taxpayer expense. And then all of that does is risk the safety and security of women. And, and so, Ava, shed some light on this, and both of you. Right, let's just have a full discussion here. Why is a safe, secure border so important? Oh, I think uh, safety for women and children is extremely important. Um, I think more women are carrying concealed guns in this country than ever before, just for that specific reason. There's a, there's a situational awareness that needs to take place now when you go into a public arena with your children. Um, there are many, many things to watch out for. There are lots of people that are in this country illegally, and they move very freely from state to state. A lot of these people have criminal backgrounds. Some of them are gang members. Um, a good number of the DACA people are MS-13 or gang members now. Mm -hmm. um, people have to really understand that you're in charge of your own safety. Don't depend on law enforcement to be there, that sometimes it takes a long time for them to get to the scene of the crime and it may be too late. So you have to really take these things upon yourself. Trump is trying to make America safe again. He's trying you to know, enforce the border. Yes. And you know, we're caught up in the most nonsensical discussions and arguments, completely nonsensical. Why is it bad for people to be illegals? Because they're illegal. What is wrong with everybody? Don't they understand the English language any longer? Uh, you know, when the, if the first act a person performs upon coming to your country is illegal, you think they're going to have any respect for any of your other laws? 
You think they're going to not drive while drunk? You think they're not going to drive without licenses? They've been given carte blanche, and they're being told by other Americans, oh, it doesn't matter if you're illegal. I have a priest who's up in the pulpit every Sunday now talking about it's okay to be illegal. Just come in. We don't care. Uh, we'll protect the illegals. What, what is wrong with people? You ha- there are many of my friends who are immigrants to the United States, and they waited 10 years. They waited five years. They are enraged that these people are allowed to sneak in. Would you let somebody sneak into your basement, and then the next thing you know you're making up a bed for him and serving him meals when he snuck in through your basement window? Uh, This is just illogical. It's irrational. And I am bored with having to go through the same nonsensical discussion all the time. If they're <laughs> illegal, they are, they are beyond the law and they need to be gone. And we need to have and, only legal immigrants here. That's it. Legal immigrants yeah. and legal immigrants only. Yeah, and I need to jump in and say, too, that um, this is what will take America down, okay? This is what you're speaking about right now, that we don't want to even call them illegal aliens, which is legally what they are. They're illegal aliens. I've lived in a lot of third world countries. And when I came back, I lived in Pakistan, Afghanistan, Mexico, and the Philippines, and and also in uh, Hong Kong, which was not a third world country, but it, it is China. But and, and one of the things that I learned in spades is the difference between America and all these other places is that we have law and order. That's what people come here for. When, you, when I went to live in Mexico, when I went to live in the Philippines, people gathered me in a little meeting my first week in both countries and said, listen, the number one rule here is never call the police. I said, what? Yeah. Oh, no, never call the police. If, if your house is robbed and you call the police, they'll come in and finish the job and then they'll rape you. <gasps> what? I mean, I was simply appalled. You know, but that I, I lived in countries where you cannot call the police. Do you know what that's like to to know you have no protection? These people come here. They, you don't see people breaking into Venezuela. People were not getting shot going from uh, West Berlin into East Berlin. People are not dying to get out of South Korea into North Korea. The pe- the reason that people want to come to democratic republics is because they will be in law and order. Law and order. Right. And if and we tell these illegals it's okay for them to be illegal, we are maligning our own country and destroying our own law and order. If you talk about a victory, President Trump has placed so many. What is he? Are we up over, what, 100 and, what is right. it, 140 or something? But these are judges who I, believe in the Constitution, yeah. who believe in law and order, and who believe that, that they, they have to obey that. And so he's had this fantastic opportunity, and these are the things we want women to take into consideration. For God's sake, if not for you, for the safety of, of, the, of the children or of your neighbor's children, if just, if, if just that is it. And Mallory, you know, I ditto what you say. I mean, the fact if they're illegal, period. If they're illegal, they're illegal. They also, by the way, the left does not want us to use the words illegal alien and I will use that loud and clear. They are illegal aliens, meaning they do not belong here until they come in. Ava, you wanted to say something right. about law and order, I think. Yeah, I would like to know how women overall feel, okay? Young women, middle-aged women, mothers, grandmothers, the whole, the whole schmeal, okay? How do these women feel about sanctuary cities or sanctuary states, okay? 
I would like to ask that question and see what their reply would be. I have a I have a suspicion that they would be very much against sanctuary cities and sanctuary states because that's where an awful lot of crime is occurring. Yeah, most of the victims most of the victims are women being raped yes. and murdered. You know exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And children, women and children, children and women. Ah, just it's so yeah, aggravating. Yeah. And the thing is, it you know, if it's all about love, if having a secure border, it's like, oh, wait a minute, what about the, and I was actually in a conversation with someone near and dear to me and um they wanted to know can you can you just imagine what that would be like for a father to be separated from his wife and his children. And my point was that happens every day in America. If a man, a father breaks the law to a point where he's a felon, his butt's going to be thrown in prison and he is going to be separated from his wife and mother of his children. It's like we have to have law and order if we're going to be safe and secure and be able to be productive because here's the other dynamic. If there's no respect for personal property, if I can just go out and steal what you two have worked so hard for and call it my own because there's no respect for personal property and theft has become the norm, well, who the heck is going to go invest uh, their life, their sweat, their blood, their tears in being creative and being an entrepreneur if it can all just be stolen from them. So even just down on the personal property level, um, you know, things, it's right. we have to have law and order. It's, a, it's one of the top 26 principles of American liberty. Now, are either one of you up, because yeah. I'm not, I'm not well versed in this, this whole thing about trade and what President Trump's been able to do with not just China, but some of these other countries and NAFTA and all that. Who, anybody well versed in this or semi-versed in trade? I, I really believe that he should be allowed to do whatever he wants to do in terms of this because he's experienced the whole thing. He's been a, a, a titan of business all over the world and he's experienced all of the disasters that can happen to an American trading with all these foreign countries. There isn't anybody else who's ever been president who's right. had that background and that level of experience. So why would we not trust what he's doing over over these opinions of these little people who've never even left Washington, D.C. in their exactly, whole life? Exactly. They grew up in Kentucky and then they went to Washington. They don't know anything about these things. This man has buildings. Every, every country you go to in the world, there's a Trump building. He knows what he's talking about. The other thing I want to take into consideration that I think everybody should take into consideration is President Trump has more to lose than 99.9% .9 of Americans. If, <laughs> if the economy fails, he completely fails. And so we that should right. be part of our consciousness. And then I'm looking at this top thing under trade, some of his um, uh, accomplishments, negotiating and renegotiating better trade deals, achieving free, fair, and reciprocal trade for the United States, and that's what you were talking about, is that the deals are a lot fairer. And this whole thing about Made in America, uh, you know how once a year he has 50 different companies that come, I think it's to the White House, and they showcase their products. So it's one product per state. And uh, it's just really fun to look that up the past three years and which companies made the cut from the 50 different states. I don't know if you've ever looked at that. So uh, again, I think American women, we need to be able to I don't know, better communicate or something. How do we get the attention? Actually, let's talk about that when we come back in just a minute. Let's talk about 
how we can reach our sisters out there, American women who have been used and abused by the Marxist left um, to try to take this country down. We will be right back, and, and you're listening to Ava Armstrong, Mallory Millett, Terry Beatley, and we are all about how women are not monolithic, and we'll be right back. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. To unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. We are the vision of the voices. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, so one of the ways we're going to save America is to have an effective grassroots movement. What does grassroots look like in your own community? You don't have to think about all of the United States. You know, I know uh, Mallory lives in a city. I think Ava might live somewhere across America in the country. I live out in the country. And it doesn't even matter what particular location. It's, it's, we want to get our heads wrapped around what what can we do in our local communities or, you know, even all of us have tentacles reaching across the United States. Uh, so I know what I've been able to do and I've shared that a number of different times, but Ava, let me start with you. What are you seeing in the grassroots movement that you think is effective that ought to be multiplied, um, exponentially what's working? Well, I think it's very exciting that we have over 4,600 women who have signed up to leave to lead, <laughs> excuse me, to lead community campaigns for Trump in 2020, and this is a, a whole movement. I think Ivanka has been involved in this, um, and also uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle, and there's a whole host of women who have come together to make this happen. And Ivanka Trump has also done a, a ton of work worldwide supporting women and in their own entrepreneurship. Uh, she has a whole program that she's been doing. This is all empowering women. It's all about giving women the power to make choices in their lives that are important for them and for their children. So that's what I love about Trump. He knows what women want 
and he knows how to deliver this to them. And it's just, it, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. And Mallory, do, do you have your hands in grassroots? Uh, what are you saying works or is not working that, that we should be um, taking a look at? Well, as far as where I live is concerned, that's a kind of laughable because I live in Beverly Hills. I live in Los Angeles and I live in New York City. New York City is my home and that's my residence. I pay New York taxes. And uh, these are the two villain uh, these are the two villain locations in America. They're the ones that are bringing the entire country down with their just endless nonsense. So uh, it's pretty hard for me to talk about grassroots work here in, in New York City because it's just, uh, it's disastrous. I mean, the left has its tentacles just deeply buried into every single aspect of New York life. And we have this treacherous, dangerous, horrible mayor, de Blasio, and so, um, and I'm in the art world in New York. So in the world that I'm in uh, here, uh, no one dares be a Republican or pro-Trump or anything. I mean, it's, it's almost like living in communist China or East Berlin. It's really oppressive. It's terrible. How do you manage that? Do you find that you don't make that known or do you make that widely known in your well, circles? Well, I'm, I'm not an... I'm not at all involved in politics in either place. My my involvement in politics uh, is solely in terms of my writing, and in terms of that, I'm very bold. I will I will say anything I want. I stand up in rooms and speak my mind all the time in New York, and and I'm so I'm a bit of a, a you know a, a butt of jokes and. Uh, you know, people, you know, get up and leave the room when I come in sometimes. I mean, uh, they really, really, I have friends that don't, they, we have, I have lunch with them and, and, and I'll say, uh, why haven't I seen you lately? And they'll just turn to me and say, because I hate your politics, you know, and, and so friends and family are falling away with this Trump era. It's become quite severe. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't, I don't ever work actively in politics itself. I just write about politics and mm-hmm. about feminism and Marxism. I mainly, my life is, is, is dedicated to attacking Marxism. Mm-hmm. So I do that wherever I can. But I'm not involved in any kind of grassroots right. political okay. work. Well, what I have found is, you know, the very topic that so many politicians, political consultants will try to avoid the life issue. And, and what I have found is that if you can talk about the life issue in ways that people are interested in, and I'll give a couple different examples. And you can call this the life issue or the abortion issue, but the life issue, because we're talking about women here, is, um, and I've done this numerous different times with ta- taxi drivers. I was at one hotel for a four-day conference, but the, the conference was at a different hotel, so I would take their uh, shuttle bus. And by the third morning, the, the bellhop guy and the shuttle drivers and uh, whoever those guys are out in front, the you know, bellmen, they were, they were all asking me for the video. And this is what happened. So the first shuttle bus that took me over to the big hotel, I asked the shuttle bus driver, had he ever heard of Margaret Sanger's Negro Project? And he said, no, who and what is that? So I, and he was a African-American driver. And I said, well, Margaret Sanger was the founder of Planned Parenthood. Have you ever heard of that? And he said, well, of course. Yeah. And I said, well, she started back in 1939, the Negro Project, a plan to drastically eradicate, if not reduce the black 
population by significant numbers. And he's like, you're kidding me. I've never heard about this. And so one thing led to another, and I, I keep with me DVDs that explain this history and how when abortion became legalized, the first thing Planned Parenthood did was put their abortion centers in, and, and it started you know, right up in New York City, uh, put them in um, the, uh, uh, the minority communities. One thing led to another, and I've done this now all across America. And, if, and, and I will tell you right now, this is my, not even my opinion. I feel like I've got the proof for it. Even the Republican consultants who are pro-life, they do not know how to how to how to do battle with this issue and they will tell the republican candidates you know proclaim that you're pro-life and then from that point on just sweep that issue under the rug and that is one thing i'm i don't want to happen during 2020 because everything is laid up for donald trump for a pro-life victory if we are bold with the truth because the other big sector is parental rights the aggressive abortion industry wants to eviscerate parental rights and they've done one heck of a good job already because judicial bypasses are allowed in all 50 states and that's where a minor girl can go have an abortion behind her parents back and that's due to abortion politics and my experience has been when parents learn this they're aghast and so, Ava, how about you? What are you, are you, have you ever tried, it, it, just in the political sphere, opening up people's eyes with a life issue that righteousness exalts a nation? It's like, we're not going to keep God's blessing if we're killing a million babies a year. Have you ever done anything in that? Or Mallory, anybody want to opine here? Well, I, I have to laugh when you brought up the taxi drivers, because that is my grassroots work. Every taxi driver that I get in New York City, we, we end up talking about politics, every single one of them, and they, all, uh, they are all pro-Trump. Every taxi driver in New York City is avidly pro-Trump. I also do this with my doctors. Every time I'm in a doctor's office, we get to talking about this, and right away, Trump comes up, and every single doctor that I have gets absolutely rabid about Trump. They just adore him. So that's kind of, I do that same thing that you do, Terry, that I bring up these things, abortion and Trump, and with these various people around the city, and we just have a picnic over it. I mean, they just don't even want, the doctor doesn't even want me to leave the office. They get so involved and, <laughs> because they can't talk to any of their patients about it because everybody in New York is anti-Trump and, you know, but I love the taxi driver and doctor aspect. Oh. I, that's my grassroots work. <laughs> it brings me such joy. But, uh, it's total joy because you're literally, because you, you know, as these <laughs> seeds are planted, that a life is going to be saved. And uh, how about uh, Ava, you? Have, have you done much in this arena or anything <laughs> at all that's, that has bared fruit? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, and on a one-to-one -one level, uh -huh. Usually I have conversations with, with women who have been in the past very, you know, pro-abortion. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I know one woman in particular who had four abortions. Um, <gasps> she's very depressed and very, um, she has a lot of misgivings about that. And sometimes I just sit and listen to that because you have to kind of get that out and purge it. Um, yeah. it's, it's a horrible thing to take, to take an innocent life to take a life. Um, I tweet about this voraciously on Twitter. I wish people were more, were as concerned about a baby being aborted full term 
so concerned as they are about children being separated at the border from their so-called parents, okay? And and one-third of the people at the border being separated from their children, their DNA doesn't match, so it's not their child. This is trafficking that's going on, okay? So, yeah, I know a lot about the subject matter, and, and I... And I know a lot about abortion just from my friends having gone through it. Um, I know how horrific it can be. And it never leaves you. That depression that you feel, that horrible feeling of killing that innocent baby, that never leaves you. Uh, And if you don't believe in God, somehow, somewhere down the road, you're going to believe in God. You're going to realize that God created us all. And that life is the most precious thing in this world. And then what's so funny is that the left considers themselves the left considers themselves the pro life pro pro science people. The pro science, pro science. Well, you know, this baby that's inside of the woman has completely different DNA. This is a specifically different individual. And so now they're sort of caught between a rock and a hard place because if they're so pro-science, then why can't they admit that this is not their body? It's not their body. It's another person's body, and you violated it by destroying it. So, you know, you can't, every time you try to lead these supposedly pro-science people closer to science, they get hysterical and run away. They usually try to leave the room when you bring up this thing, and then you, you get down to brass tacks, and you're saying things that are in line with science. Then most of the lefties that I know just get up and leave the room. Well, because they, they can't um, handle truth. They don't even want I mean, to, talk about it. to be able to handle truth, no. if you're on the other side of an issue, first requires humility. And we're we're living in an era where we're told to be prideful. You know, shoot, they even have like whatever they call gay pride parades. Pride? No, no. We're taught to to be humble, to have humility. Um, so and 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 that's indeed what happened to the father of America's industry of abortion, and and I believe that when America finally knows this man's legacy, his name was Dr. Bernard Nathanson, uh, we we will see victory across this country. More and more women will say, "I just didn't know." The entire industry was based on lies and deceptions and falsehoods and propaganda. Um, uh, to, to trick and deceive women and our court system and our medical system and uh, the, the political realm, the legislators, uh, everything was devised with lies and propaganda and repetition of those lies so that uh, it would t- fool enough people so they could finally get their political victory. Here's the other thing, too, and this is where I believe our president, Donald J. Trump, can and will be positioned as a hero among women. And I don't think he knows this yet, uh, but when, when it becomes widely known, and then hopefully he can stand up for this, that, that the Roe of Roe v. Wade, her name was uh, Norma McCorvey, and see, this is my heart. I just wish every American woman would know this. The Roe of Roe v. Wade, she never had an abortion, she got used and abused by two pro-abortion attorneys, and she never even understood what an abortion does or is. She did not know that an abortion kills the life 
of a human being who's already in existence. She was poor, she was homeless, she was ignorant, and they took advantage of all that. In fact, those two lawyers took her to a pizza beer joint, got her drunked up on two to three pitchers of beer, and then convinced her in another meeting, well, no, they convinced her that day to become the, to become the, um, oh, the plaintiff for the Roe v. Wade case. So I just believe that if, if, Don, if President Trump uh, is, is, uh, will learn the back history on all this, and he can give a voice and a name to Norma McCorvey and, and help teach America what the founder of NARAL did uh, to deceive our country, women across America will say, oh, my G-O-D, it actually took Donald Trump, the spine that Donald Trump has, to teach America the truth, and we and he will be positioned as a hero among women. So that that's my heart, that's my passion on this. So, uh, so okay, here we go. So uh, let, let's come up with a few solutions, and before we know it, our time's going to be up. Uh, what's going forward? What do you think needs to happen? And and Mallory, let me start with you. Let get, give up just a real quick uh, two ideas. If you could control everything, what would Mallory do going forward? What would you make sure of? I would firmly close the border. Okay. Absolutely have this border closed. I would actually halt all immigration, legal and Im- illegal, for about a five-year moratorium until we could straighten out all the records. There should just be five years with no, no people coming into the country whatsoever. And we just straighten out all of our a technology, uh, get get it straight, who's in the country, who's not in the country, where we do all of our file clerking, and we really get the immigration uh, uh, part of our government in perfect order. And then we can start over again with okay. with our technology up to date, with, with our ICE people in place, where we, where, where we no longer have people uh, oppressing ICE and hating ICE, these are the people who are keeping us safe. Right. That's the one thing I would do for sure. Okay. Ava, how about you? Yeah, I agree 100% with what she just said. And, you know, I, I think Donald Trump needs to find some way to cease uh, federal funding of any city or any state that calls itself a sanctuary state and refuses to go by the laws of this right. country. And that is a biggie. It's a heavy lift. And I'll tell you what, if Donald Trump gets a second term, which I'm very sure he will, I think there needs to be a very large downsizing of this federal bureaucracy that we have. It's antiquated. It's overexpensive. It's also a deep state that is turned against its president. And we need to purge it. Amen. Yeah, the bureaucrats now think they run the country. They do. And we are out of time, though. Oh, my gosh, ladies, I need to have you all back on because we could keep talking about all this <laughs> for probably <laughs> an easily another hour. But we have just proven to America that women are more than their ovaries. We have a brain and we want every American woman to use your brain to to think through these very, very important issues. Because folks, if we don't get this right in 2020, if we've, if 
we vote for a culture of death, if we vote for more leaky borders, if we vote for one world government, then it's over. Everything you hold dear will be gone. So we've just proven that women have a brain, women can think, and if we can just get the right information to enough American women, they will reconsider the decision they're gonna make in November 2020. And let's vote for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank you all for being on, and make sure you've downloaded the app on your phone, uh, the talk radio app. Thanks for tuning in.